it will be the experience of every person in this room. God's word has transforming power. And it is made clear in his word that the thing that matters the most is love. Loving God and loving others. And when we receive that and when we embrace that and when we accept that, then it changes us. And I hope that you're experiencing change in your life. Last week, 600 people came forward in this room. They took one of the leadership by the hand and they simply said this, I am going to love. That is my commitment. What they were saying was this, I realize that love is not just an emotion, but love is a choice. And love is an action. And when I, when I take on this commitment that I am going to love, then it alters my way of thinking. No longer can I say about someone else, you know what, I just don't think I can love him. I, don't, I just don't think that I can love her. I, I, I've heard husbands and wives say that about each other sitting in my office. I just don't think I can love him anymore. But when you understand love as it is presented in God's Word, that's really no longer an alternative for us to think that way. Because you can love them. Because love is a choice. Because love is something that you do. It's an action. And so, I believe that as we begin to practice God's kind of love in our lives on a daily basis, that we're going to begin to experience change in our lives. It will mean everything to us as individuals. It will mean everything to our families. It will mean everything to this church body. And it will mean everything to this community. Love. So, the commitment that you made last week, how'd you do with that? How was it? I bet it was a lot easier to make that commitment here in this room on Sunday morning than it was to follow through with it on Monday. You might be thinking to yourself as we work our way through this series, and this is now the third week that we've been in this series, you know what, Dale, this is beginning to sound a little bit too much like work. And you're absolutely right. We've got a lot of work to do if we are going to fulfill our mission of reaching this community for Christ. I want to encourage you this morning. Don't quit. Don't stop. This is God's call for us. This is God's plan for us. This is God's design for us. What God calls us to, He equips us for. He gives us the strength to fulfill the calling on our lives. He gives us all that we need. We experience Him when we are about His work. We begin to experience the reality of His involvement in our lives. He is real. And He loves you. And He's involved in your life. And He will lead and guide you. And He will strengthen you. And He will empower you. There's nothing in the world like experiencing the reality of God in your life. He is real. 
And we should more so, more on a daily basis, begin to experience the reality of God's love and involvement in our lives. I thought it was appropriate that we begin with this verse from Galatians chapter 6 this morning. It has everything to do with the calling on this church family and on your life as an individual. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. I ask you to consider this verse. Let's not get tired. Let's not grow weary of doing what God has called us to do. He makes a promise to us. If we will be diligent, if we will be faithful, we will, we will reap a harvest of blessing. And so, with that in mind, let's, let's take every opportunity that we are given to do good to everyone. Folks, listen, this is what this series is about. This series is about reaching this community for Christ one person at a time by loving them with the love that we have received from God. That's what we're after. That's what we're trying to accomplish. In the last couple of weeks, we've talked about receiving love from God and we've talked about love being a choice and love being an action and love being... A, a, a skill that I can learn and love becoming a, a, a lifestyle for us and, and a habit. Today I want us to begin thinking about some specific ways that we can express our love to everyone, it says. To everyone. To be intentional about it. To begin our day saying, God, today I, I want You to use me to love others. I want to express my love. In those, in those times when I want to get upset or get angry, I want to love instead. I want to see the difference that that can make in my life. I want to see the, the, the glory that can bring Your name. I want to see what the difference is that that can make in other people's lives. Lord, help me to be that way today. I want to grow in that. I want to, I want to be more and more and more a, a lover in Your name. And so today, we look at four ways that Jesus loves you. Four ways that we are to love others. The best way to learn is to watch how it's done. The best way to learn is to, is to see somebody doing what you're trying to learn to do, to watch them and how they do it. And so... We go to the best lover in the history of the world so that we might learn how to love. Jesus Christ, the best lover of all times. In John chapter 13 and verse 34, it says this, So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. So Lord, how are we supposed to love others? His answer, just like I've loved you. And so we look at four ways this morning that Jesus loves us. In that same chapter, John 13, and in 
verse 15, it says this, I, Jesus is talking, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. You've watched me, you've experienced me, now go and do likewise to others. As we look at these four ways that Jesus loves us, I, w- I want to tell you one of the challenges in trying to communicate this message to you because there's two aspects of this. The two aspects are, are this. To understand this is how Jesus loves us. And then to go and do likewise to others. Now look, I'm a preacher. So, I want you to do things. That's what preachers want, you know? I want y'all to get y'all to do things. And so it's easy for me to focus on one aspect instead of two aspects. It's easy for me to focus on, now go and love others like that. Go and love others like that. Go and love others like that. But the reality is, is if that's what I expect of you, I'm going to become extremely frustrated and you're going to become extremely frustrated because you can't go and love others the way Jesus loves you unless you have first experienced that kind of love in your life. And so the two aspects of it is we've got to experience how Jesus loves us, not just have a knowledge of it, But that's something that we embrace in our lives. It's something that we believe. It's something that we experience. We walk in the truth of how He loves us. That's so very, very important, folks. And you got to get that this morning. Because if you don't get that, and you make a commitment, and you say, you you know what, I'm going to love others like that, but you haven't experienced His love, you're going to become frustrated. And you're going to fail. You're going to be unable to do what God has called you to do unless you first experience the way Jesus loves you. And so we look at these together, and the first one is very, very simple. One of the ways Jesus loves us is He always accepts us. Now, we've got to experience that in our lives. Before we can can, um, accept others and express that, express the acceptance of others, we've got to know that He always accepts us. John chapter 6 and verse 37, The Father gives me my people. Every one of them will come to me. And I will always accept them. Pastor Jim could speak to this a lot more clearly and, and with a lot more experience than I can, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say... I believe our deepest wounds come from rejection. And I believe that we have all experienced that to some degree. And I believe that we will all continue to experience rejection to some degree. We do things in our lives to try to be accepted by others. As if we could think, as if we think to ourselves, you know what, if I'm perfect, then I will be accepted. Which of course is ridiculous. Because Jesus was perfect. And He was rejected. But as believers, we can walk in the truth that Jesus always accepts us. And we need to experience His acceptance in our lives. 
If you, if you live a kind of life where you're constantly thinking to yourself, I'm just not doing enough. I'm not good enough. I want you to know that that, that does not impact Jesus' acceptance of you. God loves you. God accepts you just the way that you are. And He wants us to accept others in the exact same way. One of the reasons that that's difficult for us is because we fail to understand the difference between acceptance and approval. Here's what I mean. God accepts you always. That's His promise. That's in the Word. That's a truth. You can walk in that. God accepts you always. God always accepts you. God does not always approve of your decisions. But He always accepts you. God does not always approve of your actions. But God always accepts you. And you can accept others without approving of their decisions or their actions. I guess the perfect example is one of our favorite stories here at Avalon Church that's in the Scripture. The the story of the woman caught in adultery and brought to Jesus. Jesus accepted her. But He made it very clear He was not approving of her lifestyle and forgave her, and asked her to go and sin no more. God calls us to be accepting of others. Romans 15 and verse 2 says, we must bear the burden of being considerate of the doubts and fears of others. Acceptance, how do I do that, Dale? What does that look like? How do I accept that? How do I express love By accepting others. Acceptance says this, I will listen. I will listen to your doubts. I will listen to your fears. I will take the time. I accept you. Husbands, when your wife is fearful about something, whatever that is, a a decision that's coming up, or something to do with the future, there's there's a fearfulness there. We express acceptance to her when we embrace that with her, when we sit and talk with her about that, when we listen to her fears, rather than going, oh, that's dumb. That's dumb. And we're good at doing that. Acceptance. We must accept others as God accepts us. Now, on your notes there, I gave you a place to write someone's name. This week, I will show acceptance to who? Maybe it's somebody that really irritates you. Probably it's somebody that really irritates you. Maybe it's somebody who lives in your home. Maybe it's somebody that you work with. Maybe it's somebody you've never, ever met before. You just sense in your spirit that they need to know that they are accepted. But I want you to put a name there. I'm going to ask you to live this out this coming week. I am accepted by God. I am always accepted by God. That is a truth. That's a fact. That's not an emotion. I'm going to walk in that. I am accepted 
by God. And I want to accept others. And I'm going to put that in practice this week. And I'm going to put somebody's name here right now. I'm going to, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to begin to pray for them. I'm going to find a way this coming week to show them that they are accepted. Will you do that? Here's what I want us to do. We're going to take a half of a minute, 30 seconds. And we're going to pray. And I want you to say, y'all, I want you to know God's real. Did I mention that? And He's here. You don't have to grab a name out of the air. He will reveal to you who He wants you to show acceptance to this week. If you just ask Him. Let's take 30 seconds and pray. Say, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to show acceptance to this week? Silent prayer. You ask Him. Father, thank you for hearing our prayer. Help us to be faithful in what you have called us to. Not only does God accept you, he highly values you. That means that you have worth. Y'all are familiar with the passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 12 where he says that we are more, worth more than the many sparrows. It talks there about his knowledge of the sparrows, those that live and those that die, and how he's involved in their lives, and how he feeds them, and how he protects them. And he gives us that illustration so that he can tell us, so he can tell us you're far more valuable to me than the sparrow. And so there's this, there's this conclusion that is drawn from that, 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 that he values me highly, that he involves himself in my life, that he's concerned about me, that he protects me, that he provides for me, that I matter to him, that I have value to him. How valuable are you to God? You've got to experience the, how valuable you are to God before you can show value to others. How valuable are you to God? Well, He created you. He made you. He died for you. He put His Spirit in you. He desires that you live with Him forever and forever and forever. You are highly valued. When you think about it, maybe in our culture, certainly this is true, that, that we kind of determine a value by, by, by two things. The first thing is, who created that? What, what do you mean by that, Dale? Well, if I had a Picasso here and a painting by Pastor Jim here, which one would be more valuable? I know it would be close. I know it would be close. But which one would be more valuable? Would you agree with me, the Picasso? Why? Because of who created it. I could say that about certain kinds of jewelry. I could say that about certain kinds of pottery. I could say that about certain homes that are built by certain people. Whoever created it. Who created something has everything to do with its value. God created you. He created you. He doesn't create junk. You have value to Him. 
Another way that, that we determine value is that, is that we, uh, we determine value by what someone will pay for something. Right? The value of your home is what someone will pay for it. That's the value of it. Now, we always think that it's more valuable than it really is because we always think we should get more for it than we really do, generally speaking. But that's one of the ways that we determine value. Jesus died for you. Jesus paid the ultimate price for you. Jesus paid everything that could be paid for you. You need to walk in the truth. You need to walk in the fact that you have value to Him. He finds you valuable. He paid everything for you. He says to us, I want you to value others the way I value you. And we're able to do that when we experience how valuable we are to Him. When that's a reality in our lives. He says to us, I want you, I want you to, to, to show value to other people. 1 Peter 2, chapter 17, verse says, Treat everyone you meet with dignity. How do we affirm the value of someone? We talked about this last week. One of the ways to affirm value is time. To spend time with others, to listen to them, to find something about them that you can affirm. We can do this every single day, multiple times. In your interaction with people, whether it's a cashier at Publix, whether it's somebody that you work with, again, somebody in your home, somebody that you're standing next to on the soccer field while your kids are practicing, I can think of a a hundred different ways that we can find somebody, we can interact with somebody, we can sense in our minds something that we can affirm them in. Some way that we we can speak value into their lives. Some way that they will know that they are valued. God calls us to that. He wants us to value others as we are valued by Him. And so I put a blank on your paper there because I want you to write somebody's name there. Somebody that you can speak value into their lives this week. Let me run through it again. Maybe it's somebody in your home. Maybe it's somebody you work with. Maybe it's somebody that, that, that you're in the league with. Maybe it's somebody that you don't know. Maybe it's somebody that you've never really met but you know who they are. You run into them all the time. Maybe God wants you to to begin to to establish a relationship with them, and maybe He would have you do that by you speaking value into their lives. I must remind you all again that love is a choice and love is an action. And then when we make a commitment to love, then we make a commitment to choose to do something that expresses love. This week, I want you to consider who you might speak value into their life to write their name down. 30 seconds, let's pray. Would you ask the Holy Spirit to give you that person's name? Maybe, they'll, maybe He'll just show you their face and you'll recognize it because you don't know their name. Let's pray together right now.
God, thank you for hearing our prayer. Help us to be faithful to what you have called us to for your glory, I pray in your name. Amen. This old world is full of people with low self-worth, isn't it? You know them. Speak value into their lives. Here's the third thing. Third way that Jesus loves us. He forgives all our sins. You're familiar with the verse in Romans 8. So, that, so now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We've got to experience God's forgiveness before we can offer forgiveness to others. We've got to understand and know. That's got to be a fact in our life. That's got to be something that we walk in. God has forgiven me. I look at myself and look. I see the sin, I see the bad choices, I see the mistakes, I see the dirt, I see the grime. I look at myself and that's what I see and I look at God and I see forgiveness. I see acceptance, I see love, I see fresh start. He forgives and he forgives all my sin and he forgives me 100% totally and he forgives me unconditionally and he doesn't say I'll forgive you if, he just forgives me. And then he calls us to forgive others the way that he has forgiven us. Now, this is starting to get a little bit more challenging, isn't it? Because that's not easy for us to forgive others. But when we first experience God's forgiveness, then we can begin to forgive other people. I think that we should spend time every day. I think it ought to be a part of our spiritual disciplines in our life that we spend time every day considering and pondering and thinking about God's forgiveness in our lives. Wow, wow. That He would forgive me 100% all of my faults, all of my sins. Then I am empowered. Then, then I am driven to want to forgive others. Folks, I want to tell you something. I think that, that, that this kind of interaction with others is especially, especially important within this body of believers. So, so often when this is spoken about in Scripture, it's spoken about in our relationship with other believers. I want to challenge you about this today. There should not be a relationship that exists within this fellowship of believers that is, that, that is full of tension, that is where unforgiveness has, or forgiveness has not taken place. I, I think about how important this was to Jesus. He spoke about it over and over and over again. It was looking at His disciples when He said, love each other the way that I have loved you. It was Jesus who said during the Sermon on the Mount, Listen, let me tell you something, and this is, this is how I know it's really, really important to Him. If you're at the temple, He said, and you've brought your sacrifice and you're offering your sacrifice and it comes to your mind somebody that, that, that you have a problem with, then leave your sacrifice there and go and get that right. Offer for forgiveness, ask forgiveness, whatever it takes, but get that relationship right. And when it's right, then come back and offer your sacrifice. Well, listen, those sacrifices, that's an act of worship. Worship's everything to Him. It's everything to Him. He wants that from us. He desires that from us. He loves that from us. That's on the top of the list. Worship, worship, worship me, worship me, love me, love me. But He says to us, 
look, if you're here to worship and you got this relationship over here that's not what it's supposed to be, then go get it right. Then come worship. This is especially true within this body of believers. He calls us to this. we got to be right with one another. We're not going to always agree. That's okay. But we got to be right with one another. we got to love one another. We got, we're in this together. He wants us to forgive as He has forgiven us. Who do you need to forgive? Maybe, it's, maybe you're good in that area. I pray that you are. I hope that most of you are. You can't think of somebody that you need to offer forgiveness to or ask forgiveness of. But maybe you know somebody who walks around with a load of guilt in their life. And maybe you can tell them that forgiveness is available to them. Maybe that's what God would have you do in this area this coming week. So I put a blank on your page there so that you might write a name in there. This week, this week, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and get right with that person. Write their name down. Or maybe God has placed somebody on your heart who you know is just guilt-ridden. They need to hear the message of forgiveness. It's called the gospel. It's called the good news. It says, it doesn't matter what you do, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. It's a gift. Maybe they need to hear that message. Let's pray for 30 seconds and ask God to give you that name. I hear you, Lord. I know exactly what you would have me to do. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Help me to be faithful. Help us to be faithful to what you have called us to. And here's the fourth thing. How he loves us. He has absolute confidence in you. I don't know how you handle that. I don't know how you receive that. I don't know how you accept that. But God says to you, you can do it. I believe in you. This is the, 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 the perfect example of this, isn't it? It's the Gideon story, right? And God comes to Gideon and he says, hey, mighty warrior. And Gideon goes, I'm the weakest of the weak of the weak of the weak of the weak. God says, you can do it. I want to use you. And God says that to you this morning. It's his plan as crazy as it may seem, it's His plan that you be His hands and feet. It's His plan that He work through you. He has equipped you. He has equipped you for what He has called you to do. He has equipped you for that. You can do it. Part of what He calls you to do is to speak this kind of confidence in other people's lives. Is to believe in other people. To communicate to other people that they can do it. There are people with low self-esteem everywhere. Let them know that you believe in them. They can do it. They can make it. They can achieve it. You ought to believe in those who are in your small group. You ought to tell them that you believe in them. You ought to encourage them. we got a lot to do, a lot of work to do. Look at them eyeball to eyeball and say, I know you can do it this week. I'm excited for you. I'm believing in you. That's what God says to you. 
I believe in you. You can do this. As I have studied this, as I have grown in this, as I have learned from this, I, 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 I've changed the way I pray. I, I've, ch- I've changed from, from God, I, I desperately need you and, 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 and I, I surrender myself and you come and fill me and you, you speak through me and, and I still pray that prayer. I pray that prayer often. But now, part of that prayer, I've added this. I sense in my spirit as I sit and listen to Jesus, I sense Him say, Dale, you can do this. I've equipped you for this. I've prepared you for this. I give you the strength. I'll never leave you. I'll be right there with you. I'll guide you. I'll give you the words to say. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. One of the ways that He expresses His love to us is He says, I believe in you. I'm calling you. I want to use you. There's somebody this week who desperately needs to hear that from you. Maybe it's a child who lives with you. Maybe it's somebody at work. I'll go through the list again. Somebody needs to hear this from you. You can do it. And so I put a blank there on your paper. You might write their name in there. I'm going to get this part done right now. Church family, God has called us to impact this community for Christ one person at a time by loving them the way He loves us. I believe you can do this. I believe you will do this. I believe you will. I believe you're going to experience God this week in a way you've never experienced Him before. I believe you're going to be obedient to His call. I believe He's going to use you exceedingly abundantly above all that you could even ask or think. I wish that next week we could just take the whole hour and we could just spend time giving testimony about the experiences that we've had. I believe 600 people this week, I believe it, I believe that 600 people this week will go out and they will find somebody that they can can speak value into their lives, that they can offer forgiveness or accept forgiveness from or, or somebody that they, can, that they can believe in, that they can communicate. That they, I believe 600 people will have four kind of interactions this week. That's 2,400 interactions. I believe it has a chance to change this community. I believe it. I believe you can do it. I believe you will do it. See how easy it is? But It's real. It's real. And it works. Let's take 30 seconds. Holy Spirit, who do you want me to communicate this way to this week? Who so desperately needs to hear that I believe in them? Let's pray that prayer now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for hearing our prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for the way you lead and guide us and encourage us. Thank you for believing in us. and Help us to be faithful for what you call us to. I want to close with this verse in Ephesians chapter 3. We'll make this part of our prayer. Why don't you stand? Everybody's standing. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. This is for you today. We so desperately need this in our lives today. This has got to be more than something we've memorized. It's got to be something more than we 
than we just have knowledge of. This is, has to be an experience in our life. And here's what he said. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love really is. And so, Lord, we hear your call. You have given us clarity this morning. You have called us to love others as you have loved us. You have called us to find value in others, to forgive others, to speak confidence into other people. We can't do that unless we experience your kind of love in our lives that way. And so, Lord, I pray that that might be our experience, even on this day. We want to experience your love. And then, Lord, it's not a to-do list to do. It's an overflow of your love that we would engage with others and love them the way that you have loved us. It's an overflow of your love for us. So use us, Lord, to impact this community for your glory. You've prayed this morning. You've asked God for four names. Maybe He's revealed those to you. Maybe He says, I'll tell you later. I don't know. He can do anything He wants. He's God. But I ask now that you might spend some time speaking with Him and listening to Him. Asking Him to lead you this week. Making a commitment to Him. Lord, I'm going to follow through. I'm going to love others the way that You loved me. As our team leads us, I would ask that you would interact with the God who created you. Make your commitment to Him and ask Him for the strength to fulfill what He has called you to do. Ross, if you'd lead us.